This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Well guys, there's plenty to talk about uh, with Dundee United this week and but a right good win, but it's not going to be the it's not going to be the biggest story of the week. But we'll we'll start with it anyway because it's the it's the most recent. And Ian, you were at the game, deserved win. Yeah, it was a deserved win. Uh, County had more of the ball, but uh, United were threatening going forward for a change, for a pleasant change. And uh, I think the uh, County scored late on. Different formation, Ian, was it? Because obviously Connolly wasn't playing. Connolly was injured and uh, it was Reynolds and uh, Ryan Edwards, Mark Reynolds and Ryan Edwards and the, the two centre-backs. And it, it worked fine. I thought they defended quite well. Um, and you had um, Sha- usual Shankland up front being supported by, by Nicky Clark, who was my man of the match, it has to be said. And it's not just because he scored the two goals. Um, he, he had a good all-round performance. Um I think it was a. I gave it a seven out of ten for United. I thought they were they were fine, and uh, the result was was terrific. It's put them up to fifth. Mm-hmm. I know other teams have got games to play, but you know who cares about that? It's it's great to see uh, if you're a United fan. It's great to look at the table at the moment for a team that's just that, that got promoted in the the summer. So it, it was it was a good day for them on the back of a difficult week that we'll go into. Uh, until later, but yeah, I mean, Nicky Clark scored a terrific. Uh, he's good at penalties, isn't he? And it was a, it was a weird one. Ian Vigers, I mean, we've maybe all seen it by now, but he was juggling the ball around with the, with his, with his arm. It was one of the easier refereeing decisions that one. It, it took ages. It took, it seemed, you know, <laughs> in, in, in real time, it kind of took ages. Like he still got it. He still got the ball. I thought he was going to do a Gavin Gunning or something, you know. In the... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the only thing he never did was use his other hand to kind of. Or he would have been doing. A, he would have picked it up um, and held it. But no, it was like basketball uh, at times in there. But oh, I mean, unbelievable! One of the, the most, the uh, one of the clearest penalties you'll see. But the main thing is Clark is cool and he, he swatted it away. And uh, then came the second goal. Which was a, a free kick into the box by Peter Pollock, who, who who had a not not too bad a game actually. Uh, I know he's he's uh, not the favourite of m- many fans. Yeah, we're going to come to him. So he had a decent enough match, and um, Mark Reynolds gets the header and then hits the rebound, the shot, uh, which is either going in or not. I don't know, but it hit Clark's chest. Now the the funny thing was from uh, the position that we are in the back of this the Jerry Kerr stand, including the Tannoy announcer, it has to be said. Um, we thought it just gone straight in from Reynolds' shot, but TV footage quickly. We, we caught up with that rather quickly, and it was changed. And Clark, Clark, when he was helped us because when he was lining up to for the for the, 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 the to kick off again, he's turning around to looking up at the stand, going pointing to himself. It was mine. It was mine. <laughs> so it was quite funny, you know. You very rarely see that in a game, Aye. but uh, no, he's, he's that kind of boy. Clark. Half joking, half serious. No, Aye, I think yes, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was desperate. <laughs> Uh, and then he was funny afterwards, saying he was checking his phone to make sure he'd got it and all that. So Reynolds, Reynolds gave it to him quite uh, quite quickly, I think. So uh, listen, it was a good day. They, they, they did concede a goal late on, but I think 
that shouldn't. It was a, it was an overall fine defensive performance. It was it was good. So yeah. How many is he on for the season now, Nicky Clark? I think it's seven for for Clark, and uh, that's a decent tally. Uh, yeah. I mean, he is the penalty taker, obviously, but and that helps you, doesn't it? Um, Shankland, <laughs> Shankland has scored one of the most uh, significant penalties of the season in Scottish football for uh, the oh, national team, but uh, he's he's. He's, uh, it's Clark that's United's man, so and long may that continue because he is, uh, you know, he, he certainly dispatched it with uh, some uh, some skill there. Oh, I'm he's sorry. very good. I'm guessing, Jim. I'll bet you, as soon as he misses one, though, Shankland will be desperate to get on them because, I mean, joking apart, they do. You know, when people just look at figures for for goal scorers, I've 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 always it always baffles me if if you're a number nine or a striker. And you don't want to take penalties. You think, well, why? Why on earth would you not want to? You know, you're not going to get a better chance in the game, and it just it, it inflates your your stats, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it's still an art to master, though, Eric. And he took the penalty as he does very well indeed. He struck it beautifully, struck it nice and crisply. It was it was you know delivered with just enough pace. Incredibly accurate, you know, bottom left keeper. I mean, you know, a goal's 24 foot wide. It really doesn't matter how big a keeper is. You're not going to get down on a dive, even at full extended dive, if that ball's tucked inside that left post or right post. It was a left in this case at pace. So he, he struck it really, really well. And I'm pleased for him because I like Nicky Clark as a player. Um, I, I thought I thought it was a good move when United signed him from Dunfermline. He's not an out-and-out goal scorer, but he has many other qualities in terms of penalties, dead balls, bringing players in, linking up, and all the rest of it. You know, so I'm pleased for the boy because he's a real grafter, he's a real hard worker, and sometimes I think a lot of the work that he does goes, you know, just under the radar, not maybe um, as clearly noticed uh, uh, as people think. So it was very good. But you're right; people just look at the stats, and that's a decent start for the season. That's a very decent start for the season. Yeah, and talking a decent stats. Jim as well I mean he's quite right to point it out United are fifth at the table and you can scoff all you like and talk about form and all the rest of entertainment value but in a, in a season like this where you know it would be horrendous to drop out the top flight with all the consequences they're building up a nice sort of cushion on on you know a few teams that you know who you would you would think would struggle to to bridge that gap anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 Eric, it doesn't matter how you're looking. You mentioned the word entertainment here. There was one lovely wee view. I was up at Dens, but I mean, obviously, I've watched the highlights several times. There was a lovely wee move between Harks and and Shankland uh, and uh, and Pollock. Pollock had started it, you know, um, where he, he clipped the ball. You know, remember it too, where he clipped the ball just wide of the yeah, post, too, yeah. and it was a really, it was a beautiful piece of football. It really was. It was the kind of thing that had been done at top level in the Premiership or in. In La Liga would have been raving about it. It was lovely, crisp, one one touch, give and go, you know. Um, and and I, I suspect nine times out of ten, Pollock coming in on the right with the left foot would have clipped it just inside the keeper. Um, as it was, it went wide, you know. So that, 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 that were obviously elements of entertainment in the game. But the key thing is, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, the bottom line is now United are in a really good position. I mean, we know um, Ian's mentioning the, the situation. Obviously, we'll touch on the finances, um, you know, because many clubs at the moment are struggling United among them. But to be sitting there at this stage... Behind Aberdeen, I mean, I know they're you know they're a long way behind Aberdeen, seven points, and they're two games more played. I mean, you can forget. I think the chances of United catching an Aberdeen or probably a Hibs and Celtic Rangers is always out of sight. But you know, in terms of the teams that they want to match for a um, for a sixth place spot, that will be the Killies, the Motherwells, and the St Johnsons. You know, um, so at the moment they're doing really well and that's all that counts I mean you you can only beat what's been put up against you County got hammered 4-0 the week before against um, 
Mullerwell. Um, so for United to beat them 2-1, you know, it, it's three on the bounce on beating, two clean sheets, then into this one. You, you could argue they lost a poor goal, Eric. I mean, the, the, you know, it was a defence splitter uh, and, you know, he got between, you know, he, he kind of got got between uh, the two players, uh, Ollie Shaw, uh, the two central defenders, and, and he tucked it away very well, in fairness to the boy. Um, that's late on, you know, legs are tired and all the rest of it. But I think it's a really impressive performance from United. And a lot of these guys, you know, not a lot of the guys, all the guys, would have been going in on the day with, with some trepidation, wondering what was going on at the club, despite the fact that, you know, big Tony Asgard and the manager, uh, Mickey Mellon and others will have spoken to them. Still a worrying time, as it has been for the other clubs that have had to um, make cuts and impose cuts with their players. So fair play to them. Absolute credit to United boys for going out there uh, and getting what is a very good win. And their league position at this stage looks excellent. I mean, you know, they, they've now put nine points between themselves and the, and the two bottom clubs, Hamilton and St Mirren. That's a lot to make up. I know that, I know that Hamilton and St Mirren have got games in hand, quite a few games in hand, but you're far better with the points in the bag than games in hand, I think, as Celtic might find with Rangers. Yeah, I mean, Ian, did, uh, did the formation change suit them just in terms of getting some more passes together, getting their strikers involved? Do you think that was a... Do you think that was a a significant factor. Well, yeah, because it, it what it did is it, uh, they just had more touches in the box. Now we've been saying for a few weeks, and quite rightly, you know this this result doesn't change. Uh, you know, it doesn't make the criticism of previous weeks any less uh, significant because what we had was uh, uh, performances where they weren't getting in the opposition box, but I think it's 15 touches or something that they had. Again, we're looking at, we looked at the stats again, and 15 touches in the opposition box is decent. There was shots for Shankland, um, you know, and a lovely chip from him just outside the box, yeah. uh, which which didn't go too far away. But he seemed he seemed happy. He's, he was he was he was coming back again as, as as he always does to to try and get the ball. And you'd you'd love to see him almost just spearheading the attack all the time. But um, he had work to do. But no, uh, what it does is what it did was uh, enable them to get forward with pace as Jim um, Jim's description was perfect of the uh, Pollock chance. I couldn't believe it. It went past. I mean, he never got any curl on the shot, did he? It just it just went too straight. Well, that would have been a great goal. So there could have been a way from uh, Ross County in the the first half. They had, they had really good chances, and it was just uplifting. And I would give the uh, players bonus points. You know, you, you rate them individually. Um, oh, you've been very generous this morning, Ian, haven't you? Yes, but I would give them I would give them bonus points for playing at that level and and doing their jobs and being so professional given what had happened in the few days before it. Yeah, Jim, looking at the who did well and you're kind of looking at players who kind of, you can, you're making a, I mean, obviously a, uh, Mickey Mellon's never going to say it, but we're making a judgment call on the ones that he's he's lost faith in or maybe even mm-hmm. not had faith in from day one. And we're, we're talking about McMullen, potentially Louis Apare as well. One guy he doesn't seem to have lost faith in, and who repaid him to a good extent was was Peter Pollitt there because you know, I think Pollitt had a good start to the season, and then you know a fair chunk of it he he faded away and really wasn't impacting games. But you know he's he's persisted with him, hasn't he? Whereas whereas he's not he's not persisted mm-hmm. with others. Yeah, he has. I mean, I, I think it's quite interesting, Eric, when you talk about you know managers kind of either fancying, not fancying, or uh, or, or whatever he plays. I'm sometimes reminded of kind of you know the the, the 
contradiction between this kind of thing and, and statistics. I mean, if you look at the stats for Saturday, Ross County had a thing almost that. In fact, they had more than 60% of the play, you know, in terms of touches and all the rest of it. I mean, looking at the stats, I looked at, you know. Now, I mean, I, I'm at a disadvantage here because I saw the highlights and the highlights only. No, you're right, However, Jim. That's exactly what happened. I, I, I was pretty sure it was, the 60-odd percent, you know. Um, now, I, I like stats. I'm a stats man. I enjoy it. But the bottom line is, you see, at the end of the day, they don't count... Um, uh, you know they, they count, but they don't count if you lose the game. Uh, if you win the game, that's that's fine. You know the fact that you're outpassed by or outplayed by two two to one is neither here nor there. You won, so there, there's a problem. Now, the thing with starts is you can kind of you you kind of really dress them up. They are what they are: touches, passes, you know, uh, possession, and all the rest of it. Heat spots on a part, and all the rest of it. The problem with, with, with you know whether you fancy a player or not can be. A, a difficult one, you know, because players fall into that category of stats, how many assists they made, how many runs they made, how many kilometres and miles they, they covered and all the rest of it. But the eye, I think, you know, the eye of the manager is still, is still you know, ult, the ultimate judge in all of this. Now, when it comes to a player like Paula, you can clearly see that Paula has and always did have special talent. She's got the wonderful ability to go by a man, to beat a man, and to take the ball past him at pace. He'd won where he was robbed by the keeper. He, take a, he took a touch too far with a lovely sprint through. The problem is, can players do it consistently, week in, week out? That, that That's the biggest issue with players. Now, whether it's a mental issue, whether it's a physical issue with some players, you don't know. I suspect usually it's mental. How you lift yourself every single game, drive yourself, you know, energise yourself and all the rest of it. There is no doubt in my mind that Pollock has all the ability in the world and on his day is as good as most, you know, players of his type in the Premiership. But it's whether or not he can uh, he can do it on a regular basis, contributing enough in terms of runs, crosses, assists, goals, and all the rest of it. You know, but I think there is no doubt that he has the ability, and it looks to me that um, you know that, that his manager uh, rates him and, and, and rates him highly. I do too, but he needs consistency, uh, and I think you know sometimes that that's kind of. Uh, that has lacked in his game, but there is no doubt. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's lacked in his whole he's he's lacked in his whole career, hasn't yeah, he? But, that, 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 but that, that's you. He wouldn't be the only wide attacking player we could say that about. You know, no, the, the, uh, it's it separates the, the the really the really good ones from the the, the pretty good ones, doesn't it? That, that's the bottom line. The, the the bottom line is the great. You know, the the, the truly great. And I'm not talking about kind of Barcelona, Real Madrid level, but the guys that are really really good players pretty much manage eight out of ten. You know, seven or eight out of ten consistent games um, in terms of, the, you know, their attitude and all the rest of it. Um, you know, Paul at less so, but he is a talent. And and, and if he can, you know, uh, if you can get um, seven or eight games out of ten from him when he's at his best, then you have a real player in your hand because he's got he's got all the attributes. And he's also got the experience now. He's a very experienced um, player, you know, so... Um, he's obviously got faith in him. He seems to have faith too in Harks. And he certainly does. In a discussion last, a discussion last week with a, a, a pal of mine who just just is not a Harks fan. I, I like Harks. I like the energy the guy's got. I like the drive he's got. I think he could do more. Remember, it's still quite early days for him. I mean, this is what his second season in from the States and all the rest of it. You know, he um, he may well yet develop into um, a, a more complete uh, player obviously people are looking for him to get in the box get shots away and all the rest as a midfielder but he's got drive but he's not as we've talked about this ad infinitum uh, Eric he is not a particularly creative player but then United don't have a particular. I think he's going to be the great midfielder. divider of opinion until the yeah, day he leaves I, I think so absolutely I mean you know, we're looking for creativity but the, you know the move that we just talked about that Ian witnessed in the flesh and I saw on the telly um, 
indicates there is potential there for for creativity. And it's all about working on it, one touched off, movement off the ball, uh, you know, uh, understanding where to go and all the rest of it. So I think that that one move, albeit that, you know, that it, it ended up with Paul firing it just wide of the post instead of getting curl on the ball, that's indicative of the fact that United, um, you know, do have potentially creative movement within within the side, you know. Um, I have to say, you know, the, the Ross County, they probably caught Ross County with, with their heads down because it's been a pretty dire start for County. I think they're above where they should be. Huh? Yeah. For me, Ross County are one of the poorest teams I've they're, seen. They're not a great side and, and, and you take bad with that because they've actually been... And that's with two, that's with two you know, goal scorers in their team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you would, you, that's the one thing that might might save them if they if they hold on to Billy Mackay and I think they'll hold on to Billy Mackay. You know, it's, it's the strike mm-hmm. partner that they have to worry about holding on. But Ian, what did you make of Ross County? Do you see them down towards the bottom? Yeah, I do. Uh, I see them, St Martin and Hamilton as the three of United. Of United uh, are above them. They're not. Can't, can't say the manager convinces me. I must admit, Ian. No, I, I mean the uh, they played well enough, but not well enough to win the match. I, I don't think. I think United uh, again. Uh, Jim Jim quite rightly spoke about the stats. I, I've I've seen United uh, get sixty seven percent in one game at Kilmarnock. They lost. They lost four goals. You know, <laughs> um, uh, uh, that that isn't the overriding thing in any match. Now uh, again, it's the eye of the manager or the eye of the uh, the, the spectator up in the stand, uh, as I was, and and you you're you're, you're just looking at that game. Not expecting County to to come back. It was comfortable enough for United, I think. It wasn't. They weren't hanging on. Uh, the goal, the goal. They had to defend once or twice, but they were fine. And, and they were as likely to score a third as uh, County were to get an equaliser. I would say. So no, it was it was it was fine, uh, nice and comfortable. County, I uh, would fear for them a wee bit. They, I was speaking to the some of the journalists that cover County. They think they'll be okay. They think that they'll. Um, uh, finish. They'll finish. They'll be. They'll be quite comfortably above that bottom two. But I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think maybe if if third bottom's comfortably above the bottom two, then maybe. But yeah, that's. <laughs> I think they'll be third bottom. But that's, there we go. We've got a long. We've got a long way to go. So I, I can't remember if it was your match report Ian, or or your piece you did uh, in the wake of it. Your sort of analytical piece, but uh, you had a nice turn of phrase with regards to Jondo Fuchs and. Oh, yes. uh, I was it was it he should have been wearing a cape or something like that. It was Aye. anyway. He's basically he's been he's been painted to be the the savior of uh, Dundee United's midfield and all their creative woes. Is he how how did he look? What did he get about twenty minutes if that? No, not even that. It was like thirteen, I think. But no, uh, he was on for he was on for a few minutes before County scored, but he wasn't involved really in the goal. He was he was off the play there. It wasn't his. He never. Failed to tackle or anything like that. Did he sit or was he further forward? Yeah, no, he sat. He sat in the central area, and uh, it was good to see him there. I must say, never, he never. There wasn't too much uh, frenetic stuff going on there. As I say, I thought United saw the game out quite, quite well. Physical presence, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Snap judgment. He's he's quite, he's quite stocky. Looks strong. He was busy. He was uh, enthusiastic and uh, passing short, nice short passes. A wee kind of, you know, your wee kind of Neil Lennon type passes in, in there. Um, and and I think he looked fine. It's all about building up the game time, wasn't it? I think United were United being two 0 up at the time. Mickey Mellon's pushing him on there to get some game time, and uh, I, I think he he may start. He may start against St Martin. They'll be looking at him in training this week to see how he is, but. 
I think he, I think he could be in in line for a starting debut. On who did, who did he come on for? Was it? Uh, was it was Harks. Harks. Yeah, Harks. No, it was Harks. It was Harks. Yeah. Who who never had a bad game as Jim quite rightly says. Um, but uh, no, I think it was just a case of United just giving giving him a go there, see how he is, and uh, the player must be so happy himself to be out there on the pitch because he's had to, you know, it's been a difficult well, start time team. in Scotland. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's right. And he's not owning that, of course, but um, it's uh, it must be great for him. He must have been looking so looking forward to the day when he just he just trots onto that pitch. So uh, good luck to the guy. Jim, it's St Martin up next for United and I mean, there's a huge advantage, you know, or, or well, you can tell me, you, you maybe tell me otherwise, but St Martin... It's, by the time they, they play, it's going to be over a month since St Murn have played a league game, mm. and nearly a month since they've played any game at all. They've played three games less than uh, than United at this point. I mean, I think of of all the clubs in the Premiership, they've been the one worst affected. Now you can say whether there's inv- investigations about protocols and all the rest of it, whether some of it's self inflicted or not. Time will tell. But mm-hmm. they have been the 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 most affected club by by coronavirus and all and postponements etc you know you, you're gonna get these sort of anomalies aren't you in the course of a season at the moment United have got to exploit it haven't they been yeah. coming up against a rusty team they, they, they seem to be St Man at the moment and I've got a wee soft spot for St Man I have to say but they seem to be a club that you know everything is conspiring against them. I mean, you know, with the, between the COVID situation and the long layoffs now because of that and all the rest of it I mean they have um you know, they're sitting there rooted at the bottom with Aki's. And I kind of, I mean, my suspicion is, you know, that, um, that they will really struggle to pull themselves away from this basement area, Eric. You know, I mean, it's traditionally a struggle for them. They sit right on a, you know, they sit right across the motorway from, or just up the motorway from Rangers. Tony Fitzpatrick the thinks road. they should be top Tony, four. Well, Tony, Tony reckons they're a top four club. I like Tony. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great, he's a great uh, positivist, but, you know, I, I'm a great, I'm a great believer in positivism, but but only when you've really got something to shout from the rooftops about, you know, because you quite quickly get, you know, you quite quickly, if you're, if you're havering nonsense, you quite quickly get. Well, he's been made like daft two, two years in a row, hasn't he? And he's not helped his manager either. Well, he hasn't. But I mean, the bottom line is, in ten games, they, they're the worst scorers in the league by by a mile. I mean, they've only scored six, and they've conceded fifteen. Um, so, and I know that they've played less than everyone else, but they've played a game a game less than than Aki's, who are on the same points as them. Um, uh, they've three in hand over Livingston and and a four point gap, so they could kind of potentially you know rein that in and all the rest of it. But like I said earlier on, I'm a great believer. And, and points in the bag. Points in the bag are, are, are there. They're guaranteed. It's money in the bank. It's not like, you know, points you might have or points you could have or whatever because umpteen things can go wrong in the course of the game. And, I mean, they've lost, uh, is it five on the bounce now, St. Martin? I mean, the, you know, the, the mentality at, at a club that have lost five on the bounce has got to be radically affected, you know. And, and, and it's up to, um, you know, any opponent in a situation like that to take the game by the scruff of the neck and apply the killer touch—that's what football's about, and that's that's the reason we should be giving Mickey Mellon praise at the moment. I mean, he's come into a really difficult situation. He's come into a situation where he's walked right in the middle of uh, COVID, a club that are just back up from the championship, where there are big expectations. Let's not, you know, let's not get on. And probably early on when he was making all the noises about. 
this is Dundee United and all the rest of it. He probably knew that himself, but has quickly realised, you know, um, the combination of factors that have affected him. You know, the, the COVID, um, you know, Mark Ogren saying, oh, you know, hang on a second, we'll have to close the wallet here. Uh, no money coming in. A combination of these things. He probably had his eye on players he would have strengthened with and all the rest of it. He's done well. And, and you know, United are sitting in a really pretty position by comparison to a St. Martin. Nine points adrift. You know, they're sitting very handsome at the moment. So, you know, when, a, when a, this is professional football, when a club is struggling on the park, it's the opponent's duty to put the boot in. Simple as that. Yeah, and I mean, they've got to be strong favourites for this one, Ian. They do. United. Um, yeah, they would be for me. I, I think it's a, a, a mental test for United um, going into Friday because what they should be doing is thinking that they're strong favourites, thinking that they'll dominant, they'll, they'll dominate uh, the buddies who, as, uh, as we know, are toiling. They uh, lack game time. So United should go in there, should st- stroll into, uh, into the stadium, think they're going to win the game and go out and win the game. I think they're strong favourites for it. Uh, it wouldn't be arrogance. It would just be tackling the situation as it needs to be tackled because they have to not just accept or you know be happy with a draw. I, I think this is a this is a real one that they, they, they could really win this if they uh, go out and believe in themselves. Yeah, the opportunity is there, and the opportunity. If you look at their, I know that there's the Betfred Cup coming up again, which can kind of change change momentum. As it possibly did the last time for United when 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 they had a couple of you know well a couple of poor performances one poor result, but you look at the league games they've then got Hamilton and, and Livingston now you know I'm not saying you can make yourself completely safe but you can you can build up a heck of a gap and it's going to put you into a real comfort zone. Oh Eric, I mean it's you know what I think there's um you know it's, it's, I mean Love Street I still call it Love Street it is New Love Street you know whatever um on Friday night I mean if they win that. And, and and they can certainly win it. They can certainly win that, you know. Then you've obviously we've <coughs> we've got the gap <coughs> with um, national football, but you know they then welcome uh, our case. Uh, and then you know I think, but by, by that stage, you know you, you could almost have, have put the fear of God into. Um, St. Martin and uh, you know and Aki's and, and Livingston by letting them know that actually we're actually just much better than you. You know you're not going to get you're not going to get anything when you meet us. And every 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 defeat is a psychological blow in this league because it is very very tough. So it's a really important few weeks coming up for United. You know and 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 we'll get the measure. Uh, of how they've done. I mean, you know, we, we've seen, you know, the last couple of results with the clean sheets before the game against Ross County were, were, were very good. Um, and the, the one against County, albeit a late goal and all the rest of it, was impressive as well because County have actually done well, you know, over over the piece and the time they've been up in the, in the Premiership. They're hard, they're tough opponents. They're not a great side at the moment, but they're still tough opponents, you know. So at the moment, I think there's a kind of really quite, a, you know, the, the, you can see the kind of bright light at the end of the Expressway United as they come out of the tunnel. Um, because they have been up and down, up and down, but there are real signs that they're, they're getting it t- together in terms of consistency and graft and, and, and getting to know each other uh, as well. And, and also getting to know how Mickey Mellon wants them to play, the way he wants them to play, the mentality he wants them to adopt and all the rest of it. So this is a really important few weeks for them. And, and you know, if you're going to be positive, I think at the end of this few weeks, they could be sitting in a very, very pretty position by comparison to the teams uh, in the basement. Hey, in the the big story of the the week, or well, the the week in a bit, was obviously the 
this, the process that United are now in, the wage cut process, it's not just wage cuts, but you know, it's, it's a, a review of how they're, how they're financing the club and all the rest of it, which is, is I think we're, we're, we can safely say is going to involve wage cuts across the board. How do you, how do you assess it now? You've had a couple of days to, so it's all settled. All the sort of you know the, the big headlines have, have have died down, and you know you're into the reality. But how do, where where do you place it in terms of what's happened to other clubs? You know the timing of it, as far as United concerned, that sort of thing. Well, I, I, as regards the timing, uh, ideally it would have been done in the summer, wouldn't it? But it's not. I don't. I don't care. You can't paint a positive picture of this coming out. 13 league matches into the season, mid-season. It would have been much preferable if, if, if it had happened in uh, in the summer. Now, the argument is that they thought fans would be back. Well, I'm not sure. I, I can't really find anybody else that, that, that was optimistic about fans coming back at this point. So I think that was that was a, a, an error and one that they probably ha- hold their hand up to. Um, the club should have gone for a worst-case scenario there and budgeted for that. Now, um, I think I'm concerned about some some things, about how, how it's been portrayed as, well, United have been, I think, I think Tony Ashgar used the word prudent. I'm, I'm not so sure I would agree with that. I think, I think you could, you could criticise United for <clears throat> some things that they've done, maybe appointments, too many appointments, but Listen, that's their business. You know, that's their club business. If they think they need to do that, then that's up to them. Um, as for the players, I would make the point that the players, like any other industry, are employees. They haven't caused this situation to happen. They've gone to their work. They've uh, worked. Uh, they've reported for their work and they've done their jobs. It's not their fault. They're, they're, they're going to have to deal with this. Um, so there's sympathy there for them, but I think I think on a positive note, a really positive note, I do think that when chatting to a couple of players since that, there is a real determination to do whatever they can. Um, now this has to be negotiated, but whatever they can, there is a real, real serious determination to help the club. There is also a realization of the predicament that the club is in and every other club. Um, you just need to listen to Mickey Mellon, pandemic, pandemic, and he's quite right to say that. United aren't on their own here. Um, so uh, it's 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 worrying news, but I think supporters, any, any supporters concerned, I think they'll get the players pulling towards agreement, and that is the main thing. Yeah, Jim, where do you, where do you think, if, if anywhere... That United are open to criticism, and where do you think that they've been unfairly criticised over the last over the last few days? Well, I, I think the problem is, um, they, they, you know, they, they, they're in the hands of um, a new owner. So let's let's still call him a new owner. The length of time he's been in, effectively, in many respects, he's still a new owner. Now, <clears throat> so far. It's very, as I said in my courier comment the weekend, very difficult to criticise the two Americans who own the two Dundee clubs. Both men, Tim Keyes at Dens and, and Mark Hogan at Dundee United, have put probably more than, than many people expected they would put in. So they've put their money where their mouth is. I mean, you know, we, we now reckon that ownership of United has cost Mark Hogan something like 12. So I've heard some people suggesting 13, but we've got an indication shortly how the books are, by the way. They're, out, they're due out shortly. Um, so he's put a lot of money in between buying the stadium back, buying the, you know, the, the Gussie Park, 
uh, back, the, you know, the money it costs to buy shares from people and all the rest of it, signing people on big contracts, uh, the whole restructuring of staff at Tannadice. And of course, it's run by kind of like almost like a management company with, with Tony Asgard and company because he, you know, you, you've got an absent uh, an absent owner. And I don't mean that in a bad, a bad ways. That's just the simple fact of things. So he's certainly invested heavily. Um could you argue he's put too much money in given the, the finances? Well, not really. I mean, it's a gamble because they were coming back. It was a gamble to get them up from the championship, to get them into the premiership, where there is more money available. Not as much, I think, as as, as um, perhaps Mark Ogden thinks is available, but there's more money available through TV deals and all the rest of it. But the, the, the one thing that no one could have planned for, and it doesn't matter whether you're Barcelona, Real Madrid or Dundee United, uh, no one could have planned for being hit by a global... Um, uh, you know, viral pandemic. Uh, now, that, that immediately, I mean, it's cut 40% of United's income away from below their feet in terms of hospitality, you know, which is a huge chunk uh, of money to lose. So they've lost all of that money. Um, can we be critical of him, perhaps, maybe thinking that they were going to get the fans back in sooner rather than later? Well, let's be critical of him if we've got to for, for optimism, um, you know, because none of us knew. We were all hoping that fans would be back in. We, we don't know. We're dealing with, with a virus that we've never had to deal with before. It's, it's, it's created havoc, not just in football, in every other business. And there was a bit of rampant optimism in the summer, wasn't there? Because let's face it, folk were, well, folk were turning and fro on holiday here, here, there and everywhere, you know, the, the chance Chancellor's serving up, uh, you know, meals to restaurants yeah. and all the rest of it. A few months before he's, he's shutting them down, it was, you, you know, travel, do this, that, the other. You know, the lower leagues, you know, planned for coming back on the basis of thinking that they were going to get some crowds in. So, you know, he, he wasn't alone, was he? It was anything but alone. I mean, we're all, um, I mean, it's, it's, these are strange times for football. You know, football fans are buying their season books and they're having to, um, you know, instead of getting to watch their football, they're having to watch kind of, um, you know, their own club stream television or something like that, you know, and, and kind of much as I admire the efforts that have gone into that, it's not working as well as a lot of people thought. Thank goodness I turned down the offer I got, Eric. But, um, you know, I mean, you, you, you look at that and football's not the same without that. There's a lot of distinct lack of money coming in. Now, the problem here is, I mean, I remember when, when, when Dundee had this situation when they asked the players to take a cut and they talked about cutting the academy, um, you know, uh, a fellow I know who's a lawyer, a big Dundee fan, got in touch as well. I thought you were out of order saying Dundee faced a cash crisis. And I said to him at the time, well, you know, if I agree for you to sell my house and your conveyancing fee is, let's say, you know, a grand and I turn up and I can say I can only pay you 300 quid, this is, there's a, then there's a cash crisis. You've got a cash crisis because you're not getting the money you expected. And I've got a cash crisis because I cannot pay you what I offer to pay you. Now, one or two people say to me, oh, do you really think there's a crisis at Tannadice? Of course there is. But that, you know, that's not singling Dundee United out for criticism. We're writing and talking about this because this is our area. These are the clubs we follow. There are crises right through Scottish football from the lowest to the highest. And um, but there is little doubt that, you know, United's losses last year were very hefty. They were, was it 3.7 million? Uh, the wage to turnover ratio was 133%. Now they're in a situation where the owner, and it, this is not a criticism when you say he's closed his wallet. He's probably looked and went, I just cannot afford to put any more in at this time. His business is getting clobbered. Every business is getting clobbered. So whether it's a hobby for him, whether it's a, something, a, a, you know, as a business he thinks he can make money out of, he's still got to make that decision. Look, at the moment, I cannot put any more money in. That's not hammering him in terms of criticism. That's a simple fact of life. Business is the length and breadth of the country from small restaurants to giant corporations are having to make these decisions. But there is no doubt that it... The, these are very dangerous times. And it's great when people like Mark Ogren or Tony Asgar say, we'll get through this. Um, 
we all thought Rangers would get through what they went through. You know, we, we, we were all unfortunate enough twice to cover Dundee in administration. We didn't, you know, we didn't think Dundee were going to end up in the administration. Well, actually, to be honest with you, eventually when we saw the losses that were piling up first time around, we, pr- we were actually pretty sure they probably would. But Hearts, uh, Airdrie, you know, uh, this has happened to umpteen clubs, Dunfermline, you know. Now, I'm not for a minute suggesting Dundee and out their heading this way. What I'm saying is you are kind of duty-bound as a journalist to say, well, what are the potential ramifications of the situation this club, and it's Dundee United at the moment, it could be someone else next week, what are the potential ramifications? You've got a club who are hammered by a COVID crisis, they're losing vast chunks of money, normal income that they could have pretty much banked on, um, and they've still got severe outgoing. So they've got to ask the players to take a cut. It's not nice. Uh, and, and by the way, I wouldn't criticise players uh, for a moment. And they said, no, I've got a contract with you. I'm not accepting that. The quid pro quo of that is players have to then say, well, where do I go? If I turn this down, and I suppose really then it's about choices, uh, and the choice is: do I stick to the terms of my contract and find that actually the club ends up in a much more serious position, or do I accept that for the moment, eighty um, percent of let's say fifteen hundred or two grand a week is better than nothing six months down the line? So you know these are tough, tough times for United as they are for for every other club. But I think the figures that come out shortly in the books will will, will, will also, will, you know, will, will no doubt we'll be back revisiting this because it's not pretty. It's as simple as that. Ian, I think one one area where you might you might disagree, but I, th- I thought people were focusing in on, and, and they, they, to be fair, they, they did this with Hearts and Hibs when they were going through their their reviews of wages and all the rest of it, whichever way you choose to phrase it in the, in the, in the summer. And signings were still coming in about, People have chosen to, to say, well, you, you knew this was coming, but you still signed uh, Mark McNulty on loan and all the rest of it. I think that's I think that's unfit because for however bad it is, United have to still have to run themselves as a football club. Tony, Tony Ashkar still has to run this place as a football club that is going to stay in the top flight. Because for however bad this is, if United go down, then, you know, all, bet, all bets are off, isn't it? So... It's you know we're we can speculate as I would probably guess that you know we always we kind of thought is that a natural partnership they may well they're get possibly getting Mark McNulty in thinking that Lauren Shanklin could be going in in January so you know they, they have they have to run it as a football business as well so it's not it's not the same as other businesses is it Ian no that, that that's the quandary uh, that, that clubs have faced. Um, and United do face that, and, and Tony. And Asker, it can jar. I can understand how it yeah. can jar with, with with people. Well, it is. That's what I'm saying about Tony Ashkar um, d- defended himself extremely well. Uh, not not defended himself. Commented, gave his view of the situation. I should say, um, as regards this, uh, in a radio interview over the weekend, which uh, you know he was he was he he, he presented the case for the the McNulty. Um, Signing and even even for Fuchs coming in, so you know he he made that point, and I guess it is easy to to kind of, that that's the thing that people will will grab onto to criticise United here. United do have to because it's such a disaster going out of the uh, the Championship in Scotland. It's so drastic, so drastic. I mean that that they did they do have to try and get their team in in, in shape. So you could see that that's a fair point. That's an absolute fair point. Um, it's it, it's also fair, though, for fans to be concerned um, about how the club is going and uh, have have real 
real worries about things that, that the club will hopefully communicate in the days ahead. I, I, would, I would go back again to a reason to be optimistic is I think there's a real determination within the club, which includes the manager, by the way, to... Um, to pull together here and, and get, do what they can to get the to get the, the club through this. Jim, the next um, we're only just not that long finished at, at one transfer window, but the next one's coming along mm. pretty quickly. You know, not not that far away. Would would you like would you like me be be some very surprised if one or one of Seagrist and or or Shanklin don't get sold? I mean, I know that I mean I did the interview with Mark Ogren and he came out with the usual. Uh, you know, there's not going to be a fire sale, but you know, the, he was he was, but he was very clear that this 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 is clearly an opportunity where they can they can make their financial situation better with 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 assets there to be to be sold. Well, um, the, 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 what are the two assets they've got? Let's be blunt. The two assets they've got at the moment are Shankland and Seagrist. Um, now, to the best of my knowledge. Um, the Celtic head scout was at McDermott Park last Saturday, uh, and I'm told he was running the rule over Seagrist. Um, there's an argument that some people will make that that you know we wonder to some extent, uh, you know, who might bid and why bids didn't come in for Shankland. Now there is an argument that that some clubs will have looked at him and thought, don't fancy him, don't think he has either what it takes for our level, and I'm probably talking about English Championship level, because there's only two clubs in Scotland that could probably afford them, and that would be Celtic and Rangers. They haven't, if they have looked, they've been very quiet about it. There were some suggestions about Rangers a while back. So, you know, you're now looking and you're thinking to yourself, um, United would have cashed in, and I think they would have cashed in, had a decent enough offer come in for Shanklin. So either no offer has come in, or no one is interested sufficiently to make the kind of bid that would make United part with them. So I'm kind of tempted to think that <clears throat> if there is a bid that comes in for someone in the window, and I'm talking about a decent bid, something that makes it, you know, that, that almost makes it impossible for uh, the people running United to say we can't, we, you know, we, we cannot, you know, not accept this. Um, I'm starting to think that that bid will be for Seagrest, who has improved remarkably. As, I mean, a, a very well-known um, <coughs> writer. Um, of plays and things got in touch with me last week. A guy I know, a big Celtic man in the West, and he was saying to me, uh, you know, he says, I saw you on Twitter saying that Celtic were watching him. What do you think? I said, well, he's, you know, he, he is better than anything Celtic have at the moment. To me, Seagrist is the best goalkeeper in Scotland at the moment. I include Craig Gordon in that. He's the best goalkeeper in Scotland at the moment. He has improved dramatically. As a rule, in Scotland, you don't get huge money for goalkeepers. Um, but I would think that, that, that Seagrist is the most saleable asset in terms of bringing in a very decent fee but we don't know it might well be that, that he doesn't go that Shanklin doesn't go because <clears throat> the other what thing fee is, do you think is reasonable Jim I, I, I think if you, I, I, no I, I think if you're looking at Seagrest I think you're looking at between a mil and a million and a half alright okay I think he's a I think he's a top class goalkeeper. He's come on an absolute ton. His handling, his movement, his reflexes, his command of the box. Um, for a big lad, he is is very very mobile. He's very very fluid in his movement. Um, he's good with his feet, which is huge for a keeper these days. Um, I think you know you could potentially be pulling in a million, a million and a half, but that depends, Eric, on how things play out over the next couple of months because we don't know. I mean, you know, England's going to make a lockdown. How will that affect our football? <clears throat> we don't know. These are not normal times we are dealing with here. I think had 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 we not had COVID, I think somebody probably would have taken a pop on Shankland. You know, some of some of the championship clubs in England would have come in and went. 
we, you know, there's a million and a half for this guy. There's two million. We'll take a chance on him. Some of the big clubs for him, that kind of money is not a huge deal. It's a big deal, but it's not a huge deal. But that world's moved on. So, you know, come come the January window, my suspect, and it, and it may well be, and I hinted this at McCollum at the weekend, it may well be that McNulty was brought in with this eventuality in mind that someone comes in uh, with the bid for Shankland. Either that United know that there's something in the pipeline or they think they can organise something in the pipeline or they think that someone will come in with a bid for them. But these are all unknowables um, at the moment. But th- those are the two sellable assets that I can see that United have at the moment. And that's the goalkeeper and Lauren Shanklin. For the moment, to me, the goalkeeper looks the better bet to bring in a big fee. Yeah, before we wrap up this this the financial segment of the programme on, on United, Ian, I, mean, I know we're all... You, you can't look too long term at the moment because it, it'd be crazy to predict anything. But can we can we take anything? From it? Ian, sorry, Jim spoke about uh, Mark Ogren shutting his wallet. I mean, can we reasonably surmise that that era of spending is is in the past now? Whatever happens, you know, once United get through this, once we get fans back in, that Mark Ogren's going to want Dun United to to run itself as a as a business that cleans cleans its own face. Yeah, and I think that's that's the to use a coin a phrase prudent thing to do. Um I think I think he's quite right to to expect the club to now sort itself out. Um you can't just be you can't just be pu- keeping putting money in all the time. Although when he when he first came over, I I, I do recall either me or someone else did ask why are you getting involved in Scottish football? You know, you'll end up just putting money after money in it. And, and he, he was, he was, he saw the bigger picture and, and fair play to him. It's good for United that they've got someone like him who has backed a club like that. I mean, could you imagine if Ogren wasn't, wasn't involved? How oh, I mean, Jim's, Jim's mentioned be? it in the past. I don't know if it was on the podcast, but yeah. he said, you know, just even, even if you're a Stephen Thompson fan, I don't know if fan's the right way of putting it, I mean, his pockets would have been nowhere deep enough to, no. to see United through the, this That would have period. wiped him out. Would have wiped him out completely. So so it's time to recognise what Ogren has done. It's time to recognise that United possibly could have handled this better, but that they've now made the decision. They're going to address it. I am optimistic uh, when it comes to agreement being made. I may be proved wrong. I hope not. Um, but I do think that, that this will go through, and we'll, we'll move on. Uh, the as Jim says, the the, the the counts will then come out. That that'll be a difficult time again. But this is about where United are in say a year, or uh, that's what that's what that's what Ogren will be looking at in in two years' time when we have a vaccine. If we get a vaccine, as we hope, you know, what's the future going to be like? I could I could start slowly but surely to recoup some of the this investment that I've made. That's that's the that's what I hope happens. That's what I hope happens. These are tough times. Tough times for United, tough times for everybody. But tough times for a for a football club in their position. Um but I'm I'm confident that that particularly with the backing of the staff and the players that will be sorted. Yeah, well, Jim, you are uh, you were at two two games in a row there, dear me. You're, you're getting mm, out and about now. You were at you were at Dens on <laughs> Dens on Saturday for for Dundee against Wraith. What, what was your? Come on, then tell us what was your thoughts at the end of that one. Well, they, they kind of got you know what they got caught with. I hesitate to say a sucker punch because it really it was genuinely a game of two halves. Um, but you know to get caught late on with the Frankie Masonda goal. 
um, was an absolute. I mean, J- James McPake came up for for the you know the after match media conference and they just raging, stood him raging at the set. Ah, uh, they stood him in the director's box and honestly, you know, I, I actually thought he was going to be physically sick. He was absolutely scunnered. He was completely scunnered. They've put all this work in, looked as though they're going to take the, the three points, and then they get caught with a goal because you know from a set piece, from a corner kick, no one, no one, uh, you know, makes the 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 run with the uh, with Masonda. Nobody marks him, let him away, and he gets up and he powers the header in, which kind of actually, you know, it was bizarre because Callum Ferry did a star jump up and it kind of almost went through his legs, but the, the keeper wasn't keeper wasn't at fault. In fact, he had a pretty quiet afternoon um, until then, but. Dundee had played really well. <clears throat> the Charlie Adam goal is intriguing. I mean, you know, I, I saw it in, it's, it's funny how t- television and real life can look so different. I mean, Charlie, you know, steps away from a couple of people, hits a cracking low shot from about 20 yards and it flies, you know, with some pace in the left-hand low corner uh, uh, and beats the keeper. And when you actually watch it again, it almost looks like it's slow motion, but it wasn't. It was a crisply delivered shot. And once again, Charlie Adam is showing that, you know, that he is the man that Dundee, he's a fulcrum. He's being, he's the man that Dundee are building around about. But there's a lot of good things. It was an unchanged side. McDade, uh, we were, you know, we've talked before about what they need is pace. Somebody that you can supply the pace and, and the intelligence for Adam to uh, hit the balls too, you know. And, you know, wide on the right, you had Declan McDade, who's got that pace. I, I was quite impressed with him. Um, Afalabi, I, I, I like the, the Celtic loanee. He looks he looks useful. He'll come on to a game, I think, as well. And Mullen <clears throat> um, also... I think, you know, looked very useful. So there were a lot of things, I think, to be positive about Ferry. I don't think Ferry and Goal had a, t- had a touch on the ball in yeah. the first half, but I was chewing the fat afterwards with Kyle Benedictus. You know, Kyle and, and my oldest boy went through the Dens youth ranks together and have a lot of time for Kyle. He's a real hard kind of uh, hard grafter performer. And he said they still thought at halftime that they could take something from that game. Uh, 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 and so it proved. I mean, uh, so, you know, Dundee really slipped out of it. And I have to say, when when Charlie when Charlie Adam went off, I think he had a tight hamstring. When Charlie Adam went off, they kind of just dissipated. But even by then, Wraith were really starting to kind of you know, make their mark and, and, and get, get to grips with the game. Dundee just fell out of it uh, completely um, by that stage. And it actually turned out, I was sitting with kind of Alan Patillo, who we all know from, you know, uh, who's a great Dundee fan, but also a Scotsman journalist. And, oh, there's, there's, um, there's breaking news, eh? I, well, I, a couple of freelance <laughs> in the back. And I said, to, you know, and, and George Cram was sitting at the back from Union Telegram. I said, that, you know, they're going to score. And you could see it. You could just sense that Dundee were coming under more and more and more pressure and they were getting forced further back. Um, But, you know, when the corner come in with four minutes to go, you're thinking, surely they'll hold the line now. Surely they'll hold the line and emerge with the three points. And they didn't. And I have to say, I mean, you know, it it was really difficult not to feel really, really sorry for James McPake uh, at that press conference because he, he, I mean, he was, uh, for a couple of questions, he actually had to kind of turn his head away, take two or three seconds, not to compose himself, but just to really think how about what he's going to say. I mean, I think he was absolutely gutted and he had every right to to be because it, you know, leaves him now in seventh position, you know, sitting with four points from three games, and already you're seeing the likes of Dunfermline, you know, start to kind of pull away, you know, nine points from three games. And and that league table that, you know, that I suggested Hearts will run away with it. And Dunfermline, we did suggest Dunfermline might be kind of, you know, a, a, a tight a tight opponents. So all of a sudden, you know. It's not just Dunfermline. You've got Wraith sitting here on seven points. Hearts on six. They've, they've a game less. Morton on, on six points. You know, um, you just kind of sense yourself, this is going to be one really, really tough championship um, to escape from. So, th- you know, you need all the points 
in the bag as soon as possible. And it was a it was a bad two points to lose. But you know what? Fair play to Wraith Rovers because they just battled right to the end, never gave up. And Masonda did really well with his goal. But Dundee would be absolutely scunnered. And, and they need more. I mean, when Charlie Adam goes off, I'm not sure if you keep Charlie fit for the entire season. Um, you know, but when he goes off, undoubtedly, the creative spark disappears. Hey, you know, man, I, I, I did a... I'm thinking of a... Couple spring straight to mind press, post-match press conferences with James McPake last season. I'm sure you'd probably be the same. Where where he was he was bemoaning sort of, you know, set piece goals and sort of basic stuff. And I think, I think these ones they hurt uh, managers at the best of times, but they certainly hurt ex centre halves, don't they? When when they go in, you, it's just it just feels like you know all all we need to do. I say all we need to do is you know just just Jim used the phrase hold the line. You know, just do the sort of basics and. You, you see a game out, so they they do hurt more than being cut open, don't they? Yeah, you you could see the you could see the finishing tape, can't you? Four minutes to go, I mean it was almost almost criminal. It's a real shame. Um, I think that um, Dundee uh, it was a better point for for Wraith than it was for Dundee. Uh, to me, to me, it's a, one of those draws that feels like a defeat. It's the manner. It's so late in the game. You just trudge off the park, throw your your boots down on the ground, and just go. How did that happen? Or at and, somebody, and that, <laughs> yeah. Or, or scream at your scream at your mates if uh, you think somebody wasn't marking properly at the at the set piece, which I imagine somebody was obviously the case. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we're, we're laughing here, but. Uh, 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 there's no, there's no real room for error in this truncated season, isn't there? Is there really? And uh, a home draw against Wraith Rovers, who are a good side, absolutely good side, and they're doing really, really well. Hello, next Ian. I mean, they've, they've lost two though. I th- perhaps their run of se- of good seasons may be coming to an end. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're well. You hope so. You hope so. And Dundee, Dundee have done okay. I think they've certainly had a few good performances through there before but it's a difficult place to go isn't it I mean a Friday night I, I, I know you have Eric and I've certainly been there umpteen times to see other teams I can't remember too many too many positive no, results right. so, so I remember uh, one game sorry I'll digress but I remember watching Dundee one game there it was a pre-season <laughs> friendly and I've never been it was nothing to do with Dundee I've never been so depressed in my life because it was Pre-season was starting. This was under Paul Hartley, I think, and he was he was giving them a game before he he took them out to wherever it was on their on their trip, and it was the same night that that Wales were playing uh, one of their big games. I think it was Belgium in the Euros, and there's Dun- there's Dundee starting their pre-season at, at Alloa. I wasn't I wasn't in the best fettle that night. <laughs> anyway, sorry, ca- carry on, Ian. Well, it's, yes. it's funny you mentioned you mentioned uh, Hartley. I think he was Alloa manager at the time, and he used to he used to put the ice bins out and seeing the the players. Uh, squirming and screaming in agony That's as they're right. standing in these <laughs> these ice bins was more entertaining than anything on the pitch. Um, so listen, it's it's tough, but Dundee have got to go there and and win, haven't they? They've got. I mean, are we being over dramatic here? Is it too early? No, I don't think. I, I, are, you no. can't. You just can't open up a gap, can you? You just can't let a gap open, particularly when it's two or three teams. Jim mentioned it. Dunfermline, Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Put, you know, you know, put them to the sword. Yeah, I mean, it's not just Hearts. There's other teams there. So uh, no, it's a big challenge for them. I hope they come through it, and uh, we we'll hope we we'll hope Charlie has a a night in front of the, the BBC TV cameras. I think are there, so I hope he enjoys that and uh, grabs the the, the chance to uh, entertain us. And hope, hopefully, Dundee 
Dundee uh, get through that one. You're just glad you're not covering it, aren't you? You've had, you've had enough of Allah away, haven't you? <laughs> On a Friday night. Always seems to be a Friday night where teams... How can you possibly <laughs> see me smiling through this laptop and this microphone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I always seem to be United on a Friday. I mean, you saw some United guy anyway. We'll, we'll not go back onto that. It's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be putting you into therapy. And so <laughs> just before we leave that game, anybody, Wraith, catch your eye, Jim? Because the the... Tate's been getting a few headlines. I know he's, yeah. he's been talked um, up as a, 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 a sort of shining light of their team. How did he play? I think he was being watched as well, um, Eric. I think, you know, there was certainly, there was certainly one manager I, I met who was up to, <coughs> to uh, you know, to... You're um, a tease, you're a tease, over him. So Tate, I think Tate was what was impressive, you know. I was impressed with Wraith, you know, at the back. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm slightly biased with young Benedictus because I've known him since he was a boy and all the rest of that. I thought he was very solid at the back, as was Davidson, you know. Um, couldn't make my mind up about Lacoche, who was, who was uh, playing up, up front, you know. In the second half, they came on to, uh, again, miss. Masson does an intriguing character, you know, about a handful when he came on. But Tate looks good, and I kind of, I, I, I've got a sneaky suspicion that you know there might be a move um, for him not too far down the line, you know. So it was, it was as as very often as the case with Wraith, it was just a real solid team performance in the second half. I don't know what because Paul Smith, of course, is running the show just now. Um, with the manager being, uh, he was away getting an operation. Um, but uh, it, it was a real kind of sound t- team performance. And they came out and they just grabbed, they grabbed the game and, and, and you know, they, they, they bossed chunks of it in the second half. Stayed in it. Bit. Yeah, stayed they stayed in it. it. That's yeah. right. And, and that, that's important. You know, I mean, it'll be, uh, you know, I, I, my suspicion is that Wraith um, will, will not necessarily have the size of squad to compete, you know, with, with a heart sort of other than Fairman. But they'll the, stay up. Th- theoretically, oh yeah, they'll stay up. They're, I don't think there's any doubt about that. A real hard-working team. And there's, there's two or three, you know, talented players in there. So they'll stay up. I mean, you know, but um, Dunferman, I, I think Dunferman could go the distance. Hearts undoubtedly will. Dundee need to kind of uh, find that consistency. Don't, don't, also, don't rule it in Vernice. But I'll tell you what, I mean, isn't that an intriguing challenge? I'll rule out Inverness. You, you, well, no, <laughs> well, no, no. But I mean, you, you look at that table already and you see Allo, who we've talked about, Queen of South, are both without a point after three, you know? Um, it's 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 a tough it's a tough tough table that and I know it's truncated uh, and all the more reason why you want to get as many bo- points on the board as soon as possible and that's why Saturday was such a bitter blow for Dundee having won the previous week a uh, chance to put two two on the bounce together and, and and blowing it with you know with seven minutes to go flipping back to the top flight before we we, we finish up and we'll we'll do a, a brief chat about Saints because they didn't play last weekend so so not a lot's changed but Saints Kelly's a tough one for I, I'm I, Struggling to predict this one. I, I think Kelly are a definite top six contenders, mm. probably around. I think they'll be around about the same sort of position as Saints and United. So, you know, them and, and, and Motherwell, it's, you know, I quite, I, I think Kelly are a decent team. It's uh, the only good, the, the good thing for Saints is I, th- I don't think they'll be one of those, you know, a Ross County or a, or a St. Martin or one of these that will just, or even, even dare I say, a Dundee United that will go to McDermott and, and just sit in and say, on you go, you have the ball now, break us down, Ian. No, Kelly won't do that. I was actually impressed with them in the defeat to Rangers. Um, I thought I thought they played fine. They came at, they came at Rangers towards the end. And, and, they still uh, have the hallmarks of the Steve Clark era, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Uh, they, they had to be a couple of punches at, at, at the Ibrox team towards the end uh, that had, had them worried. Um, so... 
Kelly, Kelly haven't they, 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 they've been up and down, haven't they? Their results have been a bit, a bit all over the place as well. But they do look like they are a team. I think they are a team that that will be in the in the, the running for the the top six. It's, you're you're right, Eric. To uh, I think group the wee set of teams that you you mentioned there that does look like a grouping to me. And then you've got the 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 relegate the, the relegation candidates underneath that, which have Saints and, and United are both. Up in the middle, middle area, then I'll be quite you happy take with that. that. Yeah, yeah be quite happy with that. So it's a challenge. It looks like a, it looks like a draw to me. I mean, that's boring to say that, but uh, that's the kind of mm. guy I am. I'm extremely boring. <laughs> <laughs> Tempted as I am to finish, I'll give you. I'll no, give you the go last on. Word on it. I'll give you the last one. Not on whether Ian's boring or not. You can. No, you can I, save I, I that would, for never, later, I would never do it. It's, it's always a fund of excitement being out with Roacher anytime you're out. <laughs> let's, it's life let's and soul finish. of the party. <laughs> Let's finish with a bit more excitement. Guy Melamed, out of court. He's trained well, according to Callum Davidson. Coming on in the last 10 minutes to score a winner. There you go. How about that? You, you, taking, you taking that script? Well, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, I thought, um, you know, I, I, I had a blether. Callum was at the game at Dens on Saturday. got the car and he was getting in his car and we got down with a, a good blether together on the way down. And I mean, I was saying to him how impressed he'd been the previous week because they, 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 they were, um, I, I thought, you know, the better side by, by a long way against Dundee United, you know. Um, I, and I think if they can add the final kind of the final touch to the jigsaw uh, with, with Mr. Melamed, you know, uh, assuming he's now fit, rearing to go and ready to fire on all cylinders. Then I think not ready to start, I wouldn't think. But no, I think but probably... he'll, he'll come off the bench. He'll maybe he'll maybe get twenty five minutes or something like that. You know, it's, it's a case of kind of getting him fit, getting the legs up to speed, getting the mind up to speed more than anything else. You know, um, so I, I think that uh, you know that. That would be that would be ideal. It'd be the ideal scenario. But Kilmarnock are a good side, you know. I mean, they've they've. I mean, they're almost conceding as many as as they score. I mean, I think they've scored fifteen this season. They've let fourteen in, you know. So, I mean, they they are, um, you know, they're, they're an up and down side, but they've got a good goalkeeper. You know, central defensive. You know, Broadfoot and Finlay look look like a decent central defensive pairing. Yet, you know, they have conceded a fair they've amount. Chopped and changed that bit. Chopped and changed a bit. And that's, I, I like. I mean, there are players about the place that I like. I like Power. I think he's a very decent player. Dicker's decent as well in their midfield. And up front, if you've got the likes of, you know, Burke and McKenzie and, uh, you know, Kabamba as well, then there's always going to be threat. So it it will be a game, I think, that's pretty evenly matched uh, and it will come to an attitude, commitment and desire um, on the night, I think. Simple as that. There we go. So uh, we will wrap it up there. Sorry, you, you, you could, you, you've not managed to persuade me that Mr. Roach is... Uh... <laughs> 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 we'll leave it there and... Yes, we'll be back next week. Thanks again, guys, and thank you very much for listening. Cheers. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget, too, to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.